0: reading from Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1 beginning at verse 20. If you have a Bible from church that'll be page 625. Proverbs chapter 1 beginning at verse 20. Wisdom calls aloud in the street and she raises her voice in the public squares. At the head of the noisy streets she cries out. In the gateways of the city she makes her speech. How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. But since you rejected me when I called and no one gave heed when I stretched out my hand, since you ignored all my advice and would not accept my rebuke, I, in turn, will laugh at your disaster. I will mock when calamity overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you. Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, Since they would not accept my advice and spur my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm.
1: The second reading is from James chapter 1, starting at verse 19. It's page one thousand one hundred and ninety six of the Church Bibles My dear brothers, take note of this everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, for man's anger does not bring about the righteousness, the righteous life that God desires. Therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accepted in the word you planted the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world.
2: Thanks, Eileen. Keep that passage open uh, in James chapter 1. And uh, there's the outlines that uh, you hopefully would have got on the way in. If you'd like a pen because uh, you want to make some notes, there's a basket of pens that I put on the table up the back and I'm going to get you to write something down at the end. So, if you don't have one, I'll encourage you to get one, but if not, you're very welcome not to, that's fine. Uh, there's also the James series booklets that we've got at the moment. Uh, you can grab one if you'd like one, uh, if you haven't got one yet. Uh, And page 10 is week three, James chapter 1, 19 to 27. All right, got all our things. I think we're ready to go. Um, On the spectrum of hearing and doing, we're all at different points on that spectrum, aren't we? you, someone who loves to discuss ideas, you know really get stuck into things, maybe at a, at Bible study growth group, uh, you love getting in and chatting about what the passage means and and kind of mulling it over, thinking about it from this angle, and then maybe from this angle, kind of seeing how it all fits together, uh, you love that intellectual stimulation of discussion well, maybe that's maybe that 's you. Uh, Or maybe uh, you're kind of down the other end of that hearing-doing spectrum and and kind of you're someone who loves to get out and actually do something. You can't stand it when talk seems to go on for hours and hours and hours. You want to get out and act on it, go and do something, make something happen, get on with it. We've we've got different tendencies along that spectrum and we might even have uh, different or, or It might look differently uh, for us, even in different contexts. You see, on the one hand, hearing, understanding, really grasping ideas is immensely important, isn't it? How can you know what to do or be convinced that it's the right thing to do without really hearing it and getting it? Understanding with conviction? But on the other hand, acting, doing, getting on with it, that's vital too, isn't it? Without the doing, it's all just talk, hot air, talk that leads to nowhere. You see, they're both important things, essential even. And as James is saying uh, throughout this letter and in particular in this passage, uh, when it comes to receiving the Word of God, it's essential that these two things, hearing and doing, really getting it, and getting on with it, go together. You see, they they belong together. This is the Auslan sign for belong. Uh, I like it because it's, you know, two circles that are stuck together and you can't get them open. Belong, they belong together. You see, you can't have true hearing, understanding the Word of God that doesn't lead on to action because hearing belongs with action. Humbly... Receiving the Word of God never actually stops with just hearing. But, in fact, it's those who get on with it who really actually get it. But the other hand as well, you can't have gospel-hearted action without the Word of God. The Word of God through which God has given us new birth, verse 18. Humbly receiving God's Word is what leads on to gospel-hearted action. It's those who really get it that will get on with it in a gospel way. So, those two things belong together but we certainly know, I'm sure, that they don't seem to always belong together in our lives. That doesn't always fit, it doesn't work like that for everyone. There's a bunch of reasons why they might not join up, but I think there's a key factor that uh, we see in these verses here in chapter 1. We saw one of the key factors uh, for uh, trials, uh, linking up trials and endurance and joy, last week at the beginning of James. Anyone remember what that was? Key factor last week? Wisdom, yep, wisdom, that's right. Uh, And this week, uh, let's have a look uh, in chapters... We'll read, we'll read in that first section uh, from verse 19 through to 21. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Did you see it there? As you kind of look at those little verses, do you think you've got you've got it, you've got your finger on the key? I'll give you a clue. It starts with H. Hearing. Not hearing, it's connected with hearing though. It's humility. Humbly hearing. Okay? Humility is the key thing here that connects really getting it with getting on with it. You see. Humility puts aside one's own thoughts uh, and is willing to work hard at really hearing what another person is saying, or in this case, really hearing what the Word of God is saying. It's humility that accepts when something else might highlight your wrongdoing or wrong thinking, rather than rising up against it and actually saying, well, no, this is wrong. It's humility that doesn't just assume that your way of thinking is automatically right and so tries to to fit whatever it is that you're looking at through your own grid. You see, it's humility that's especially important when it comes to God's Word sitting under it because humility sits under God's Word rather than in judgment over the top of it. And humility is especially important uh, with hearing God's word because of whose word it is. With email and all the electronic uh, media that's that's around at the moment, you get spam and you get false kind of things going on. If you got a, you know, you get those emails about the bank telling you you need to reset your password and just click on this link and put in your new password and it'll all be okay. Uh, delete those ones. Don't click on those. Uh, but if you got a letter in the mail. Uh, from the bank and it said, uh, come in, you need to come in, your account is about to be closed, well, you're going to act on it, aren't you? Because of who it's from, you know that it's from the bank. Well, so with God's Word, as we hear it, humility is a key factor in us hearing who it's from. It's not just someone else's Word, but this is God's Word. Now, humility is not just the key here because it says the word humbly there in verse 21 but it's actually the heart of that whole little section there, uh, verses 19 through on. Uh, Have a look at verse 19 with me. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. You see, listening is an expression, an ex- is what humility looks like because you need humility to love and value another person and accept that what they've got to say, their concerns and thoughts are sufficiently important for you to give them your, your attention, sufficiently, sufficiently important for you to hear them. Otherwise, conversations really just become an exercise in turn taking. Little, little, uh, kids do the turn taking thing. Uh, we're about to have another baby and I remember the joy it is when, uh, you make, when they get to the age where you do something and then they do something and then you do something and then they copy it. It's, that's, that's the beginning of turn taking. But sometimes we can continue that on, uh, in conversation. Uh, and it, it becomes you say something and then I say something and then you say something and then I say something. But actually, there's something missing there, isn't it? Where's it's the listening. We I mean, need humility to listen to others when we're speaking, not just waiting for our turn to speak. Do you see that in your life? Are you too slow to listen? Sometimes it can be like that in our growth groups as well, can't it? When we all come together, we read a passage, we think about it together, but sometimes the discussion that flows out is not so much discussion as, as, as us, us each just vying to get our thought, our uh, ideas out there on the table. Uh, and then at the end of growth group, when you know we pack up and we gather our things, well, we gather our little thoughts from the table up there and we pick them up and off we go and what are we left with? What we started with, just our own thoughts. We haven't actually... Heard one another with humility. We're just remembering our contribution to the discussion. We're to be quick to listen. (laughs) Quick to listen to one another but also sitting under the Word of God. Being slow to speak kind of follows, is connected with that because we're keen to respect and hear the others uh, before we might uh, respond or share but further, being slow to become angry extends humility into not going down the line of judgmentalism or defensiveness. And that'll kind of uh, come up a little bit later on in James uh, as we head into chapter 2. But here, as we've looked in this section so far, hearing is is important, isn't it? Hearing, really getting it, uh, connects up with getting on with it but Hearing and how we hear is really quite important. Now, there's a few different uh, kinds of listeners here. We've kind of talked a little bit about humility, uh, but there's a few different listeners or hearers uh, that you see through the passage. We're going to briefly look at, at uh, four that I kind of picked up. Uh, the first one, uh, if you look in verse 22, uh, is mere listeners. Mere listeners. You see, just as it says, be quick to listen, in verse 19, James also then makes sure that he says in verse 22, but don't merely listen. You notice what it says, though, about those who merely listen. Verse 22, do not merely listen to the Word, and so deceive yourselves. Who'd have thought that just merely listening to something would actually mean that you're being deceived? that you're, in fact, deceiving yourself. It's because to merely listen to him and not to act, you actually deceive yourself in your listening. You Maybe you think that you've really gotten it, but if you haven't got on with it, well, then you haven't really got it. It's sadly why you can kind of have biblical scholars in universities in different places who aren't actually Christian. They think they've got it and they're teaching others about it but they haven't really gotten on with it and so in the end, they're actually missing the heart of it, aren't they? Missing the heart of God's good gospel. It might be a little bit like a university student who sits in, you know, goes to all the lectures or these days maybe watches all of the lectures online um, And, you know, doesn't miss one, takes copious notes, is there, but never goes to any labs or tutorials. Never kind of works and puts the things that they've learned into practice. A mere listener uh, depends or thinks that they can depend on their listening, depending on themselves rather than sitting humbly under the Word and letting it change their action. Now, kind of at a sort of general level or maybe a reputation kind of level, Sydney Anglicans uh, are places that place, uh, Sydney Anglican churches are places that place significant emphasis, significant uh, importance on really getting it, understanding things rightly. You might even say that we pride ourselves on that, you know, getting it, good theology, right theology, that's crucial, we might say. And that's true, it is. But, Good theology never stops with good theology, does it? Good theology never stops with itself, but it extends into action. Otherwise, it's not good theology. Really getting it means getting on with it, living out God's word. Alright, the second kind of hearers we see here uh, in verse 24, the forgetful hearers. I like that little phrase, I think the Holman has it, the forgetful hearers, uh, but it's uh, those who, or those forgetting what they've heard. Okay, you see, they, they, act bec- they don't act because they don't remember and they don't let the truth sit with them long enough for it to shape and affect their lives. You know, maybe, uh, I don't know, We've got these kitchen cloths at home. Uh, I don't know if you use a a reusable kitchen cloth, Uh, but sometimes when you pull a new one out of the cupboard, you put it under the water, uh, but you've got to sort of let it sit in there for a little bit and squeeze it for the water to actually get in. If you put it under the water and then pull it out, well, it doesn't actually get wet at all, does it? Well, we've got to sit under the Word, let it sit and shape in us. Perhaps, although a little bit similar to mere listeners, maybe they're less deliberate. They might even start doing, but verse 25, they don't continue in it. They forget what they've heard. Maybe it's because of distraction. You know, something other, some other attention-grabbing thing cubs along and, and so they're off on that train of thought, but they never come back to, to the station of getting on with it. Maybe they haven't placed enough value or significance on what they're hearing to let it sink in. But They just leave it behind. Kids can be a little bit like this, can't they? Uh, we've got four kids, uh, and, you know, you might say, ask one of your children to pick up their shoes, uh, because they're in the hallway and, uh, you know, you don't want people to trip over them. And so he hears you and, and even acknowledges, yes, dad. Uh, but next time you see them, they're flying a paper aeroplane ar- around the lounge and you, and you think kind of what's going on. Well, you ask and, and you realize a workout that on the way to pick up the shoes, they've seen the, the paper airplane there and thought hey that's cool and so picked that up and throw and they've just forgotten the whole thing they've never actually made it that's a forgetful listener isn't it and it's kind of an interesting little illustration it's a little bit, a little bit bizarre this illustration that James uses about a mirror and looking in a mirror and forgetting what you look like how ludicrous would that be can you imagine, I don't know if you've seen uh, on the website, there's a, a a picture of the whole church, anyone seen that photo? Um, I know because I'm not in it um, yet but um, the that wasn't, there's no harshness there, I just... Um, it's a picture, right? But what do you do when you see a picture, like a group photo? What do you do? That's the first thing you do that you know that you're in, you look for yourself, don't you? Can you imagine like you get this group photo and you're in there and you're like... I'm not there. I I don't remember what I look like. I can't see myself. And people are like, yeah, yeah, there you are. And like, it's just, it's ludicrous. You wouldn't forget what you look like. And so James says as well, it's actually ludicrous to hear the word and to forget, to not let it sink in, to not take that next step. Thirdly, there's, there's proud hearers. It's not kind of quite there but it's really the opposite of humble hearing and these people, they don't ultimately act because they don't want to. They're in charge of their own life and they'll decide if and when they receive uh, something from someone else, What they they receive something from the Bible or not. It can look a bit like intellectual maturity. Um, You know, I'm going to I'll listen to God and, and hear some of the interesting ideas that He's got to say. There's a few ideas that He's floating around and see if any of them tickle my fancy. You know,, look, yeah, this one looks OK, but I'm not really interested in those, and so I don't want to, don't want to go down that line. But whenever in the end, you're concerned about your own way of thinking rather than actually listening to God's word. You end up sitting in judgment over the top of it, rather than listening. The proud hearing can also be a bit connected with a particular sin. Uh, maybe it's a, a, a self-justifying, defensive uh, way that you relate to the Word of God, sitting in judgment upon it. We've got this—you've got this thing over here that you maybe kind of in the background know that you're not supposed to be doing. But when the Word of God maybe talks about it, well, actually, rather than hearing what it's saying, you're seeking to justify the way that you're acting. As human beings, I think we consider ourselves quite rational uh, beings, that we we can think through things, we can understand things, uh, and that's true. We often also think, though, that our actions are rationally consistent with the truth of what we believe. And sure, to some extent, I think that happens, but there's actually another pattern, another system going at work uh, going on uh, at work in us as well. And it's selffully picked up by a Puritan called Jonathan Edwards. He says this. He says, "What the heart desires, the will chooses, and the mind justifies." You see that's kind of a little bit reverse, a bit upside down, what the heart desires the will chooses, the mind justifies. And so as we have something that we want, we decide to go that way and instead of hearing something else that might try and dissuade us from that, actually our mind puts itself to justifying why it is that this is right. This doesn't sit under the Word of God, ultimately. That is prideful. for. fourthly, there's busy, busy listeners. I don't know if you're actually, if it's actually busier nowadays, you know, 2017 than it was 10, 20, 40, 50 years ago. But I do know that one of the things that stops me in my doing, in my getting on with it, is that there feels like there's just too much to think about already. Adding more to it means it's just going to start falling off the side. But if this is happening, or if you feel like this, it's actually important to ask, are you busy with the right things? Are you busy with the right things? There's there's an alley uh, down at Richmond. Do you guys... Get these in the mail, or maybe the email as well. I'm a bit of a fan of Aldi. If you've uh, chatted with me, uh, we've got a few Aldi things around the house. Uh, but imagine, you know, going into the the Aldi supermarket, and you're there, and you've you know you've you've seen someone put their coin in. They've got their trolley, uh, but it's but it's loaded up like it's it's full, and they're and they're, they're put, it's putting things kind of on top still, and their stuff's just falling off to the side like cans and crashing and. It's just, you'd be looking at it going, it's just nuts, what are they doing, why are they trying to put more things on there? It's not going to help. Uh, but then, you kind of look a little bit closer and you realise that the things that they're putting on there are actually, you know, the important things. The staples, milk, bread, veggies, the the things that you need to have. They're trying to put them on the top and fit them in somewhere. It was actually, they kind of, actually need to take the TV set and the the Belgian waffle maker and the deep fry thing and and the discounted fashion clothes. They need to take them out of the shopping trolley to actually get the important things in, the things that they really need. And so is this you? Is this you when it comes to listening to God? You know, we kind of say we want to listen to God. You know, God, speak to me. Oh, but look, you've got 60 seconds. How many balls are you trying to juggle at the moment? How many balls can you actually juggle? Do you need to take some of those other things out of your trolley so that you can actually get the most important things in. So that you can humbly hear God's Word, so that you can really get it, but also so that you can really get on with it and think about how you're going to get on with it and pray about it and share it with others, giving yourself time to not just get on with stuff, but to get on with the business of living out God's Word. Well, there's two other things I just want to say before we uh, finish up here. And, and that's, uh, firstly, um, both and, and the second thing is, is about getting on with it. Uh, so the thing there about both and um, is that it's... I want you to notice the two, if you like, agents or people responsible for what happens uh, at the end of verse 21 there. In that little verse, verse 21, humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. There's two kind of people who do things here in those few words. Uh, Firstly, there's the word planted in you, something that's done to you, done by God. It's it's God's work. But there's also an instruction there too, isn't there? A command. Humbly accept this word. That's something that you do, something that you're responsible to act on. You see, God is at work in all of our salvation. giving us new birth by planting his word in us. That's something that's done to us. That's his initiation, verse 18. He chose to give us birth. But he's also at work through our wills, through our desires, in our mind. He's at work as we take up our responsibility and humbly accept the word as we make sure that we really get it and as we get on with it. You see, it's both and, not either or. God and us at work together. And secondly, when it comes to getting on with it and what that looks like, often we can focus on our hands, <laughs> that is, on doing things. Okay? Uh, but there's actually kind of two other areas that we might miss or a little harder to see. As well as that outward action, our hands, there's also a change in our thinking and our attitude, our head. That might mean asking yourself, how does understanding this part of God's Word shift or change my thinking? Is there wrong thinking that I need to get rid of? And what is this thinking going to mean for the way that I live? So hands, head, but also heart. How does the Word of God shape my feelings, what my deep desires are? How does What does this Word of God lead me to long for or desire? And following that up with, well, if that's what God wants me to desire, if this is how I'm to respond, then what might I be able to do to help cultivate that desire, that longing? We're coming to the end now and, and if you... Don't yet trust in Jesus. We've been talking here about James and about hearing God's word and getting on with it. But can I say, first step, please, get stuck into the Bible and see who Jesus is. Really get who he is, that you might be saved. Get that first step. But if you do love and know Jesus, then as much as we say we really get it, let's get on with it this week together. Let's get on with it this as we hit, as we walk ahead.